In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May it please you, my Lord and God. In the Old Testament, we read about the Exodus. After 400 years of slavery in Egypt, the people of God are liberated. Liberated into misery, so they think at first. Liberated into a condition that was worse than the slavery they had left. Liberated into hunger. Liberated into wandering. Liberated into homelessness. But God never forgot them. God never abandoned them, even when they felt like they were abandoned. God responded to their cries, to their complaints even, that they brought to Moses and Moses brought to God. They were given a mysterious food to eat, a mysterious bread. And they were even sent meat that would fly in. Fortunately, God made meat that not only had four legs, God also made meat that has wings. Very helpful. At various times during the Exodus, especially immediately after leaving Egypt, the presence of God was indicated by a great pillar of smoke or a great fire in the night. Smoke by day, fire by night. As a priest, it makes me think of a gigantic thurible that was emitting smoke all throughout the day, but during the nighttime, you could see the flames that were there even during the daylight. But it's in the, in the daylight, we see the smoke. At nighttime, we see the flames. Fittingly, whenever our Lord is enthroned on the altar, there has to be smoke and fire. And he knows that we're lonely. He knows that we're hungry. He knows that we are in pain. He knows that we suffer. And he wants to bring us to the promised land. Not just a land flowing with milk and honey, but a land where there will be no more sadness, no more tears, no more hunger, no loneliness, no suffering. Getting there will take a great deal of effort, a great deal of trust. The more we can imagine that life that awaits us, the more we can imagine the promised land, the more courageous we will be in taking every step that leads there.
The Exodus shouldn't have taken 40 years. It was not that long to get to the promised land. Um, but the, the spies that Moses sent ahead came back with a report that made everyone afraid to go where God had commanded them to go. And so we ask the Lord to give us courage. The kind of courage that doesn't come from fear. Because they, none of them wanted to disobey God. But the kind of courage that comes from love. The kind of courage that comes from knowing that I am going to be there with my people no matter what it costs me. The demons want to ruin it. They want to make us afraid. They might even want to make us think that what awaits us is too good to be true. But we, on the other hand, know. We know because Christ has been to the promised land and has come back. He has died and he has risen. He has freed the holy souls of the Old Testament who awaited redemption and has come back in his resurrected body. And so now it is helpful for us to make as vivid as possible that life with the angels and the saints and the presence of God that awaits us. To live like those holy souls who are in communion with them, who speak to them all the time. To love the world because it reflects the glory of God, but ultimately not to be attached to it because it's only a reflection. To recognize that our true home, the place where we were made to dwell forever, is heaven and it awaits us. For some of us, this world is even more a valley of tears than it is for other people. The more we've lost, the more we've suffered, the more we've given up. All the more reason to look forward to heaven. And so after a generous silence, perhaps five or ten minutes, we'll simply pray the litany of saints. Heaven is too easily abstract for us. Even when we, when we meditate on God and his, and his perfections, it's too easy for us to fall into the mistake of thinking about something 
rather than just beholding him. Because of the face of Christ, we know what God looks like. Because we know the angels who have served our redemption, because we know the saints who have walked the path we trod, who have shown us the way, who have left us words, who have left us songs, who have left us religious communities and lives that encourage us. We know the names of so many in heaven, thousands. And so when each name is is brought to, to our attention, In addition to thinking of that favorite image we have, whether it be a painting or an icon or a photograph, beyond thinking about a relic we might have of them or a book of theirs that we've read, this is someone who is known, who is now a dear friend of every soul in heaven. And one day will be our friend. For those who, whose relationship with heaven is on these terms, we begin to envy those who are already there. Reason then for more courage, to know that our work here is not yet done, our suffering and our penance is not yet complete. We have the opportunity to do what the angels would envy if they were want to sin. We are still able to offer penances and sacrifices and join in the suffering of Christ on the cross, and we are still able to receive Holy Communion. Christ is still with us on this way on the Via Dolorosa. For that we are grateful that we are able to give him comfort. We are able to praise and honor his sacrifices. We are given the privilege of tending to his wounds so that he is not abandoned and left alone. We are given a great privilege to live this human life And so for all those whom we miss and love, we offer up and commend to God and bid them pray and wait for us. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.